Welcome to DC Schmooze with OU Advocacy. We're getting to know some of our nation's elected leaders and learning about their policy goals. Join us as we dive in. Hi, my name is Nathan Diamond, Executive Director of the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center, and I'm here on Capitol Hill for OU's DC Schmooze with Congresswoman Grace Meng, Representative of Queens, New York, uh, now starting her sixth term in Congress. Congratulations on that. And um, we'd, uh, we'd like to kick this off by uh, letting you introduce yourself to the OU community in your district and beyond and remind them or introduce them to where you're from and how you got involved in politics. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Congresswoman Grace Meng, proud to represent Queens, New York. I was born and raised in Queens. Uh, I am the daughter of immigrants who came to this country in the early 70s. Uh, never thought I would go into politics. My parents worked in a restaurant for most of my childhood and later on owned their own restaurant and became small business owners. Uh, fast forward a little bit, uh, I realized that politics and civics were a great way for people to be able to help a lot of people at once. And I'm just so proud to be able to represent parts of Queens, uh, from Forest Hills to Regal Park to Kew Garden Hills to Jackson Heights uh, in the United States Congress. And just so honored to work with amazing organizations like the OU and leaders like Nathan. You're very kind. We, we love partnering with you. We, we worked on a very important bill, your first term in Congress in response to Hurricane Sandy. Um, when, when FEMA wouldn't help churches and synagogues rebuild after natural disasters. Um, and we were, we were able to change that policy thanks to your leadership. We're so grateful for that. Um, you have a particular connection to the Jewish community, having gone to uh, Yeshiva University, or at least part of it. it what, what, what would you like to share about that and what you learned as being part of the Yeshiva University community? Sure. I attended law school at Yeshiva University's Cardozo School of Law, um, and that was many years ago. Um, so I attended law school and, you know, I became elected to the New York State Assembly uh, in 2008. And that was around the first time when I took my first ever trip to Israel uh, with the JCRC of New York. Um, so that was my very first trip. A uh, few years later, uh, fast forward a little bit, uh, when I was running for Congress, my maternal grandmother, uh, who I call my political rabbi, uh, gave me a, a, a tattered black and white booklet. And I take a look at the booklet. It says, The Jews in Shanghai. And I didn't know that piece of history. And my grandmother, who did not go to high school or college, obviously never ran for office, uh, said to me that our two communities are bonded for life. And that was something without knowing the history and without her knowing really my, my district, she didn't know the district line, um, was something that continues to impact me to this day. And as someone who grew up in the church and probably one of the few Asian Lutherans, um, which is pretty much the first denomination that broke off from Catholicism, um, my faith is very important to me. My grandma still calls me almost every week to check if I went to church. Um, and so working with our shared communities, uh, growing up in the faith community, attending a parochial religious school for part of my childhood uh, has really impacted the way that, that we serve. 
uh, our district. You know, um, sadly, in recent years, both the Asian American community and the Jewish American community um, has had to confront a rise in hate crimes targeting our, our respective community members. Um, how, what, what have you found in terms of um, the communities coming together and, and maybe common responses um, that we, we have or need to have, or maybe even what each community needs to learn from one another in responding to this situation? Uh, as painful and traumatic as the past few years have been for the Asian American community, I will say that one of the bright lights has been watching different communities come together. You know, in New York City, it's a very diverse community. Uh, many different groups coexist, work, live side by side, but sometimes they don't really know each other and they don't really understand each other's lived experiences. And when a lot of these incidents were happening way in the beginning, uh, some of the first leaders and allies who came to me and who came to uh, the rallies uh, about stopping anti-Asian hate, uh, stopping Asian hate, were our Jewish community leaders. Um, and they would just show up, they would email, they would reach out um, with suggestions and words of comfort. And I just thought that that was just an amazing testament to how our communities have so much more in common than they have different from each other. Uh, when we were crafting the COVID-19 hate crimes law, which was signed into law by President Biden, uh, some of the Jewish leaders across the country came to us with tips and with, with, with ideas on what we needed to do as a country to uh, eradicate hate and discrimination, not just for Asian Americans, um, but how we can, uh, you know, address the issue uh, of anti-Semitism. And, and hate is hate. When you have and see hate towards one group, it can easily be targeted towards a different group uh, on the next day. And so it's so important. And I've been uh, just so uh, heartened to see different communities come together, uh, especially the Jewish and the Asian community during this time. Thank, thank you for that. Um, we really appreciate your leadership and support in, in that arena as well. Um, you mentioned your first trip to Israel. I know you've been back uh, several times since. Um, how, do you, how do you see uh, the U.S.-Israel relationship, um, you know, where we are right now with um, President Biden now in office for half of his term and uh, a new government in Israel coming into office um, the Secretary of State uh, is actually uh, visiting the region as we sit here today. Um, how do you see uh, the relationship and support for Israel in, in this new Congress? Well, I am very proud to be uh, a pro-Israel supporter, and that means speaking up when we are seeing incidents, uh, anti-Semitic incidents. It also means using my role uh, as vice chair of the Ford uh, the State and Foreign Ops Subcommittee on the Appropriations Committee. Um, this is the committee that funds all government programs and agencies, including uh, delivering aid to Israel. This aid is not just about defense. It is literally about protecting the families uh, and protecting democracy uh, in the state of Israel. And this issue is uh, something that should never, as it sometimes has been, uh, should never become uh, a political 
treated as a political football. And that's my role uh, as a Democrat. It's my role as a member of the subcommittee. Um, and I will say that in my trips to Israel, and I think everyone uh, should take a trip to Israel because we can talk about the importance of aid. We can talk about the threats that families and children go through and endure every day, but not until you go and hear from people on the ground the dangers that they face and why it's important for the United States to provide support and aid uh, to protect the families on the ground. And also to see how different communities coexist uh, in the state of Israel is something that, that you can't fully understand and feel until you visit. Do you, um, since you mentioned your role in appropriations, your important role, you know, one of the things we've heard with the new Republican majority in the House is uh, their intention to cut spending. Um, and uh, that could have impact on the entire federal government and everything it does, obviously. But just touching on what you were just talking about, um, uh, what do you think is, is the, what is your forecast for how um, foreign aid and aid to Israel uh, might be impacted by uh, what the Republicans are talking about in terms of cutting spending? Well, hopefully it should not be impacted, and hopefully uh, we will not entertain any sort of conditions that occasionally that topic comes up. Um, the money that we have given, especially money that is part of uh, agreements uh, like the MOU, uh, we have committed to as a country, whether the Republicans are in charge or whether Democrats are in charge. So this is something that should not be partisan at all uh, and without condition. That's that's great. And we look forward to working with you to make sure that's the case. Um, on a lighter note, um, I think both of our communities um, have so many rich cultural you know, aspects and traditions. Um, and of course, food plays a central role. Um, the OU, among other things, is the world's largest kosher food certifier. Um, so uh, having gone to Yeshiva University's law school and living in Queens, et cetera, um, do you have a favorite Jewish food? I do like hamatashin because usually uh, people make both of these foods homemade and they give it to me. And lakas, unless they're hot, you know, straight out of the kitchen, it's not as yummy. Um, but the hamatashin keeps... Big debate within the Democratic Party between two stolen <laughs> friends. Uh, well, thank you so much, Congresswoman Grace Meng, for spending time with us. This has been a short schmooze here in D.C. I'm Nathan Diamond of the OU Advocacy Center. Thank you.